1: My Seven Chakras, episode 244.
0: A relaxed
2: mind is a creative mind. The seven
0: chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple.
2: What are the functions of these energy centers? Could these chakras
0: help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chocolates, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar.
1: what's up action tribe aj here host and founder of my seven chakras the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will transform your life so if you are listening for the very first time then know that you have arrived at the right podcast Now, many of you listen to the show, but only a select few of you know that we have a Facebook group called Action Tribe for the listeners of our show. It's a safe space for you to share your thoughts, ask questions, connect with like-minded people, and most importantly, to take action and move away from procrastination. Every day, our members see a new post that is based on a particular lifestyle, a life state, and a particular chakra. All you have to do is decide that one action that you're going to do, whether it's sending healing, sharing a resource, requesting healing recording a synchronicity, or doing something uh, kind for a random stranger. Every day you take a small action and over a period of time, you will notice a massive shift in yourself and maybe somebody will tell you. To join us, just search for Action Tribe on Facebook or go to my forward slash tribe. That's my 7 forward slash tribe. Uh, And note that it's not an open group. You'll have to request access and answer a couple of questions. But I do that to ensure that we have the right people in our community. So if you want to be a part of Action Tribe, make sure you join our group. And with that being said, we are now ready to bring you our special guest for today, who is a repeat guest on our show, uh, Dr. Deanna Minnick. So Dr. Deanna, are you ready to inspire?
2: I am ready. I am so ready.
1: <laughs> Great. So Dr. Deanna Minnick is an internationally recognized teacher, author, scientist, speaker, and artist. She has more than 20 years of diverse, well-rounded experience in the fields of nutrition and functional medicine, including clinical practice, research, product formulation, writing and education. Her doctoral research focused on essential fatty acid absorption and metabolism and a master of science degree MS allowed her to explore the health benefits of the colorful plant-based carotenoids. She has authored six books on health and wellness and over 15 scientific publications. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, two of her books today and we're going to get very deep into not just why you need to do something but how you can do something and some stories as well so it's going to be really exciting and for listeners who have uh, tuned into our show comparatively recently uh, this is Dr. Deanna's second appearance on the show she first appeared way back on episode 58 and today is episode 244 so it's been a while to listen to that episode first visit my7chakras.com forward slash 58 once again that's uh, www.my7chakras.com forward slash 58 but if you have already to continue the conversation then listen on so Diana, thank you so much for joining me
2: oh it's so great to be here with you I I enjoyed our conversation last time, and I know that we're going to have a great time discussing all kinds of things today. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. But before di- uh, you know, diving into the colorful foods and the stories, let's begin with some inspiration. What is your favorite inspirational quote these days, and how do you apply that in your life?
2: Oh my gosh. You know, I, when you asked me about the quote, um, the, the one that I'm going to say for today, since you're asking more like in the present moment is the yeah. one that's on my tea bag. And on my tea bag, it says, A relaxed mind is a creative mind. And the way that that applies to me right now, today, is every December, I try to completely shut down in terms of my external activities.
0: Mm. So
2: I go on what I call a sabbatical, which is. It's, it's a creative journey for me because I get to go on the inside. Things become much more yin. I'm not focused on the outside. Of course, I have certain holidays within this month that I celebrate. But outside of that, and it's also my birthday month, that it's my birthday. It's a sacred month for me. I just really go within. And that to me is like the biggest gift because I don't often get that time. And I really do think that when we are able to go inside, we tap into that Creative force Mm -hmm. that that source that runs through us all, but maybe we're so distracted. And I know I get very distracted sometimes. So, this is my month of creativity, Mm -hmm. relaxation, and introspection. So, that's how it ties into the quote.
1: So amazing. I love this quote a relaxed mind is a creative mind. And only the wise know this because a lot of people assume that you keep hustling and you keep doing, 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 you get more creative. But truly, Uh, Like the book I'm reading right now, I'm reading a biography uh, of Leonardo da Vinci, who was a genius and like yourself, he was connected not only to intuition, but to science as well. But he knew, like you do, the importance of taking that sabbatical to take that break, because once you do something creative and then you take a break, you step back, when you come back to it, you're so much more creative. You have a different perspective, and you're able to do so much more in terms of creativity. And of course, because it's your birthday, you need to take take a break as well. So thanks a lot for sharing that.
2: <laughs> you're welcome.
1: Great, great. So in that case, let's dive in. Uh, Deanna, what is the Whole Detox program?
2: You know, Whole Detox came from... A lineage of activities and I was inspired through many different teachers. So the whole detox program is essentially a 21-day program. It's all color-coded and it's a way to get into your eating and your living through the conduit of color. So that's what it is at the big high level, right? It's mm-hmm. really looking at what are your toxic bi- barriers. So are there things in your life that are holding you back? So usually when people think of a detox, they think, oh, you know, I'm going to have to do something specific with food or I have to go off of sugar or mm. I have to do juicing or maybe I'm fasting. And this is not that kind of a detox. This is a detox that was inspired initially through doing nutritional protocols for de- detox, but then it evolved because I saw that people were evolving through the detox programs that I was doing with them, even though we were just changing their food. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I came to the conclusion that this became my mantra, which was how we eat is how we live, and Mm -hmm. how we live is how we eat. So when we change how we're eating, we're changing how we're living, and so it's perhaps no surprise that when we undergo some kind of a short-term program to change our eating, that certain transformative changes may occur. We may mm-hmm. want to exit relationships, cut them off, stop them because they're not nourishing us. We may, and that could be a job. Yeah. You know, I, I've had many people that go through a detox and they say, Deanna, I'm going to quit my job. I, I never realized how toxic it was for me. Or Deanna, I'm going to, I'm thinking about getting a divorce or, or I'm thinking about breaking up with my boyfriend or girlfriend because I'm just realizing that this is not supportive. So I think people, and and in some cases, people enter into relationships or they enter into new jobs because now they're ready. They're ready to have certain things presented to them that are healthy, healing, and whole. Mm So that's really where Whole Detox came from. It came from my work with Dr. Jeffrey Bland and others that I have worked with in the clinical setting doing nutritional detox programs, but seeing... Seeing that there was a lot more happening underneath the surface and realizing that I needed to somehow put together a program that accounted for all of that stuff. I needed to look at not just what they were eating, but I needed to talk with them about toxic emotions, toxic thoughts, toxic words that we speak, whether or not we're moving so I... Um, A stagnation that happens in our life or maybe we don't have a a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. so that's what i do with whole detox it's 21 days and every three days we focus on a different theme in our lives and each of those themes is connected to the chakras
1: wonderful so thanks a lot for that wonderful explanation there you go action tribe 21 day it's a color-coded program a different theme on a different day but basically it's breaking through The toxic barriers in your life but not just in your nutrition but in different aspects of your life, in your relationships, in your job, so that you not only take into consideration the nutrients but also the emotions, the thoughts, And the words that sort of define how you live, because as she mentioned, how we eat is how we live and how we live is how we eat. So there's a strong connection between both of those aspects. So uh, Diana, how did you first come up with the idea of the whole detox? How did it all begin? You sort of alluded to eat a bit. But if you could uh, tell me a bit more.
2: Yeah, that requires a little bit more of going back into my history. So um, I would say that my journey began long ago with food. My mom was a health nut. And I'm going to say health nut very deliberately there because during the 1970s, when I was growing up and I was a child, people were really not into health. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you started to eat more... We were on the fringe. And my mom was eating very healthy. She was pregnant with my brother. And I think something happens when women go through that change of their bodies where, you know, now they're thinking about some other life form other than themselves. And so for my mom, it was about food and it was about faith. So I grew up Catholic. And so everything was amped up on food. There was a lot of restriction about what we could eat and what we couldn't eat. And then on the faith side, My mom was a very devout religious person, and she began going to church every morning at six in the morning to the Catholic Church in our neighborhood. And so something happened to her, and I feel like something happened to me at that Mm -hmm. age. And the reason why I'm going way back is because even now when I look at what I'm doing, I'm all about science and spirituality. So really I did take what my mom was already imprinting within our family life very early on, and I brought it through in my authentic way. And there's a lot of steps in between there. I mean, uh, I at first when my mom was going through this catharsis, I rejected it, mm-hmm. and I rejected it because I was a preteen at the at the time that she was going through this. I was about eight or nine years old, so that's not really a good time to be very different when you're trying to be accepted by all your peers and be popular and try to, you know, just <laughs> be part of the tribe. I didn't feel like I was part of the tribe. I was an outsider. So this caused a lot of different things for me, a lot of overeating, emotional eating, binge eating. And I had a very rough, rocky relationship with my body, with my mood, with my overall sense of self. And so I developed a a lot of health conditions, even as a teenager. So I didn't even realize it back then until I got into my twenties, but I had endometriosis. Endometriosis is an inflammatory condition of the uterus. And so the way that that changed me was that every month I was debilitated. I had lots of pain. I I was like a different person. I would Mm -hmm. eat differently. My skin was breaking out, you know, lots of gut issues. I had a very nervous stomach, a nervous gut. And so now when I look back, I say, oh my goodness, if I knew what I know now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to go through all of that turmoil.
0: Right.
2: But you know what? I, I, I do feel like everybody has a path. And even my mom going through that change, I kind of feel like spiritually, I feel like it's all perfect and it's all in the way that it needed to be in order for me to develop how I did.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
2: I I went into college. I studied. I was always a nerd. You know, aside right. from the fact that I was just kind of a nerdy girl and like science, I was pre-med as an undergrad because I was always very curious about the body. Like I was trying to figure myself out. And when I was going to school, we didn't have the internet. So I would go to the library and get all the encyclopedias, carry them home. I would have this huge stack of books. I would sit on my bed. I would read these books trying to figure out what is going on with me. <laughs> like, right. And I, I remember I was 19 years old. I took my first yoga class, and right. something changed for me because I didn't grow up talking about yoga. My mom was not into anything that we would consider more esoteric during that time, other than her her food fads and her religiosity. So for me, when I went to yoga class that one time, the incense, the the the, the teacher was in her 60s. It was a dark lit room, not like a traditional yoga class these days Mm -hmm. where it's bright and it's almost like, you know, you're trying to get a workout. This was not that kind of a yoga class. This was, it was very spiritual. Like she had incense burning. We walked in, there was a reverence, there was a respect, there was a gentleness, there was a humility and I loved it. I felt it was so familiar for me. I'm like, I need to know more about this. Yeah. So that became my new research study. I got turned on to the chakras. And Mm -hmm. um, I would say from that point on, I was always braiding together science because I still had that left brain part of me where I was very logical, down to earth, practical, just want to know how A is going to B is going to C. I just wanted to understand it from Mm -hmm. kind of my perspective. But then there was something else happening within me, which was I realized that science also had its limitations, that we need to go beyond science sometimes and not everything is within a study. And oftentimes that study is about going within and creating unification of your mind, your body, your emotions, your heart, all of the essence of who you are and divining information by connecting in with your source, which is connected to, I I believe, a larger source so something happened for me there, which then eventually threaded into Whole Detox. The The element of color that came into Whole Detox very, very strongly, and, and in fact, all of my work, came from uh, when I was in my late 20s, when I was experiencing lots of emotional distress. I was finishing right. my PhD, and it was just lots of long hours, lots of stress, lots of loneliness, and I started painting. And I don't think you know this part of my journey, but um, I don't know what got it into me because I'm not a painter. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I never took an art class or anything like that, but I went to the art store and I bought this big roll of paper and I bought some bright acrylic paints and I just got on the floor and I started to paint Mm -hmm. and it felt so good. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I I love this. And some of the people that I was living with in the house, I lived in a student house because again, I was my PhD. They were one of them just kind of He kind of laughed at it. He was like, what are you doing? You know, that's kind of strange because it was abstract. It was big. It was bright. I put it on the wall. Yeah. Um, I couldn't explain what was going on, but um, there was something here in creativity. And even though I knew about yoga and other forms of healing because I started to open that lens wider, I still had a lot of reproductive health issues. And the endometriosis that I had as a teenager had gotten worse worse into my twenties and into my thirties to the point that I had a blocked fallopian tube. And so essentially it was inflamed, it was swelling up with with fluid. And I um I got into painting much more at certain points in my life when I was feeling emotional. And it was my husband Mark who said to me one time it was late, I believe it was a Saturday night, and I was painting and he says to me, Deanna I think you're painting your ovaries and your uterus over and over again. And it was like an aha moment for me where I had no idea that my body could be talking with me through this canvas. And once he said that, it was another moment of unlocking. Right. And I started to paint even more. And I I realized that, well, maybe my creativity is a way to heal my own inner physical creativity. Mm -hmm. And so I just went crazy. I started painting. I, I turned really into this whole technicolor world for me. Um, I started seeing people as colors. Just my my whole life just took a different spin. I even had a, uh, a gallery showing of all of my, my phases of the uterus, as I called them, which were these abstract paintings. And I don't think people knew what they were looking at, but... <laughs> I had my own journey of what was coming out of me. And so the color feature is, um, yeah, I, I I don't know what happened to me, but I really started noticing that life was about color, that color is a unifying force. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we can all connect in, into. Even blind people, uh, I've been told, can feel and sense different colors. And I feel like it's an, a universal. There's something about the wavelength of frequency of colors that connect to us physically and in many other ways
1: wonderful thanks a lot and these days i'm really really loving and i want to start painting as well because you know leonardo da vinci uh once said that painting should be the highest level of art form because if you compare painting with poetry you need a thousand words to uh, to really represent what you could do with a single picture or an image in painting right uh as if you compare painting with a sculpture then uh you know uh, painting is more delicate it's more nuanced whereas especially if a sculpture is you know making something the room might be dirty or uh, you know it might be very messy whereas for painting you know you can just uh, I think that's what uh, Leonardo said that even it's a a sort of like a gentleman's or a gentlewoman's uh, you know thing to do and you just need you don't only need your intuition to be a good painter but you need your scientific mind as well because you need to know about lighting about optics about different shades about symmetry so painting is like he said the highest form of art which is not just art but science as well so thanks a lot for I, sharing well, let me I just say that. something
2: i i don't know if i agree with him
1: <laughs> oh really you know
2: why well because i kind of feel like for me painting is um it's the only way that i can remove myself of my logical mind <laughs> You know, I, I'm not a trained painter, and so when I right. get on the floor and I start painting, it, it just, it's chaotic. You know, right. uh, there's paint flying everywhere, and I have no idea what <laughs> I'm going to end up with when I'm done. Yeah. And, and one of the things I think that's so important about creativity is that many people have the archetype of the misaligned artist, where they mm. feel like they, they are an artist, but they can't bring it out to the world because there's this sense of it needs to produce. It needs to be in a certain way. And I really want to say to all of your listeners that each of us is an artist and all of us have our own creativity, which is unique to us. And I kind of feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, it can change throughout our lives too, you know, Um, and, and to really just honor it, even if it seems kind of goofy initially. Like for me, it was really goofy to have like no rhyme or reason and start painting what looked like amoebas on a huge canvas. But I really do feel like creativity in whatever form it is for anybody, um, and I see creativity as equal. It's, it's every human's right to be creative in their own way, and I feel like that is the connection to the divine. Oh, so okay. I don't know. I would, I, would ha- <laughs> I would arm Russell Leonardo on his thoughts a little bit, and I know he's coming from <laughs> a different time and a place yeah. And he has different skills, and that was his livelihood. (laughs) But um, I think these days, it's a free-for-all. I I think this is the age of the collective. It's the age of Aquarius, where we are focused on the equality of humankind and each of the gifts that all of us have to bring to to helping the entire world. And, And so our gift is our sense of creative flow.
1: Is my oh, absolutely no, I, I totally get it, and, and I think at, when he made that statement, it was he was very. Uh, you know experienced painter and of course he had to start somewhere right and yeah. for all you know he might have said this to attract some patrons like the medicis you <laughs> know to support him exactly. so that he can get some more painting so who knows but uh, Diana, there are so many weight loss programs out there and diet programs as well that you might have seen over the years uh, that are not made for everyone people try they struggle yet they don't see the results that they want uh, what's the challenge with some of the programs out there whether it's for weight loss or, or for dieting
2: we have to look at why people need to lose weight to begin with. And, sure. you know, I'm a little bit of a rebel. And so I say I, I don't even like to talk about whole detox for losing weight because I feel like there's much, much more beneath the surface of what it means to feel right in your body, to feel good in your yeah. body, to feel aligned in your body. And I think it starts there. If we look at the chakra system, our root chakra is all about a sense of identity, a sense of foundation, a sense of self, being safe, feeling secure, having a sense of tribe. So there are many, many, many reasons why people may not feel aligned to their bodies, why they may not trust their bodies. So if we look at what can happen to the root chakra, it can be trauma. It could be physical abuse, it's emotional mm-hmm. abuse, sexual abuse. There can be so much, and we know this on the Western science side, as epigenetics, for example, I was listening to a podcast, I think, I think it was an on-being podcast about trauma, and there was a researcher from uh, some university on the East Coast, and I think her name is Rachel and,
1: Okay,
2: and she was studying Holocaust victims and their children, and what she found was that the children of the Holocaust survivors were actually more fragile and more susceptible to some of the stressful responses than... The Holocaust victims themselves, which I thought was interesting. It's almost like, you know, we carry through a lineage, an epigenetic lineage of whatever our ancestry has experienced. So we don't know Mm. how far back we're carrying the threads of of trauma or carrying the threads of eating. You know, I even think of, you know, I'm part Swedish. And so I think of the Swedish famine. I'm also part Irish. I think of the Irish famine. And I, I think of famine in general and all of the studies on famine and how it can change people's propensity to eat and their changes in appetite, their changes in signaling and sensations as it relates to hunger. So I feel like when we say those words, weight loss, it to me is so superficial. It's on the, Mm. it's on the, it's like the iceberg. And underneath that, there are a million and one different things to be looking at and, you know, I use as my operating system, the chakras, because I feel like it's the most comprehensive way to really look at a person. So I would explore, and I have a whole certification program that helps practitioners to implement this with their clients, their patients. Essentially, they can figure out where is their imbalance? Where are people overactive on certain things? Where are they underactive? Because maybe one's body image and one's sense of self has nothing to do with their food. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. something about uh, self-love. Maybe there's something about speaking their truth. Maybe there's something about their work-life balance. So it can maybe connect into food. But I think that we're always looking for the magic bullet. We're looking – I call it the shiny object syndrome, SOS. It's Mm -hmm. like we always move to the next thing. It's like, okay – We we look to the outside; it's almost as a distraction for what the real deep inner issues are that need some chiseling away. For example, yeah. So so I'm a little bit different in how I position weight loss. I don't feel like it's a cookbook approach. In fact, this is the age, as you know, of personalized nutrition. Everybody is different. Their genes are different. Their environment is different. Their thoughts are different. I was just listening to a great TED Radio Hour yesterday called big data revolution and what's happening is that we're constantly collecting data on ourselves maybe we are not but data is being collected on us if we're on the internet and so eventually we're going to get to the point there was one of the the speakers talking about we have a toilet in our home yeah and that toilet will be collecting information on us to tell us about preclinical signs of maybe pancreatic cancer or maybe um, that was the example he gave you know just to show that we are moving into this age. Again, it's Aquarian age. This Aquarian age is all about the scientific the data points, looking at pattern recognition, looking at systems rather than mm-hmm. isolated pieces. We need to look at the whole. And that is exactly what is happening in this day and age. We are witnessing a data revolution. And so when you ask about weight loss, I go there. I go into personal personalization. I go into data collection. I go into personal growth issues and epigenetics. And I say that it's not an easy follow my 21-day program and you know, you'll know you become a different person. I feel like the whole detox program that I have is, is one of those programs where it can provide a reset and it will allow you to look deeper at issues. It gives food ideas and the food is not dogmatic. The food is about color because I feel like that is a unifying force. You know, everything else that's out there, people define themselves and put a stake in the ground and say, well, I'm keto, I'm paleo, I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, I'm flexitarian, you know, whatever you are. And I feel like it divides people rather than unifies. And it also puts people into that state of analysis paralysis where they are now more afraid of the food or more controlled by the food, than they are coming from the inner seat of their intuition. And I feel like color, creativity, the intuitive sense of us really can connect into food in the way of looking at phytonutrients and colorful food. And so that's what I do. And so when people emerge from whole detox, yeah, you know, there's definitely people that, that lose weight, that no, no doubt about it. You know, people have lost weight. Um, but other more profound things change that I think will take them into longer lasting effects. And that would be they start seeing their lives differently. They start seeing their lives as colorful, whereas they were wearing black, beige and navy blue. Now they realize that there's a place for color in their lives and color is opening them up to a colorful life. You know, I, I really do think that medicine needs to move in a symbol- direction just like my uterus and ovaries talking with me essentially symbolically metaphorically onto a canvas. Mm -hmm. i feel like louise hay and carolyn mace and many of these great teachers of our time have talked about the body communicating with us symbolically it communicates through dreams it communicates through art it communicates through through um, you know all kinds of different symptoms, even you know uh, redness in the body, is it redness from inflammation? Well, what are we inflamed about? So I feel like what happens with people that go through whole detox is they start to get turned on to the other dimension of healing, which is that of symbolic messaging. What is there sure. that's deeper? That we can go after. And so 21 days is the amount of time that it takes to rewire and change habits in our lives. And I felt like after doing the program so many times and trying to get it to the level where we can have a a critical mass of there's something profound that happens, I have felt like this construct of the 21 days with three days for every color, every day having a certain theme that we go deep into. Has been quite, I would say it's been very inspirational for people and it has changed their lives.
1: Got it. So uh, let's talk about hormones now. Uh, you've written about uh, hormones in your book, The Whole Detox, hormones where mind and body blur. So for someone who's new to this topic, what exactly are hormones and what role do they play in our overall health?
2: There are certain organs in the body that produce substances in small amounts and these um, substances travel to other parts of the body and have these effects. And hormones, uh, that's what they are in a very general sense. They're messengers, right? And so the typical ones we think of, there are metabolic hormones, things like cortisol, which is a stress hormone, insulin, which is a metabolic hormone. And then we have the sex hormones, things like estrogen and testosterone and progesterone and all the different metabolites of those. And essentially what we know is that They work in a very web-like fashion. So we have the hypothalamus, which is in the brain, the pituitary gland in the brain. Pituitary gland signals a lot of these different hormones and creates a feedback system. So to me, hormones are the messengers. They are the dot connectors. They are connecting the different organ systems, the different uh, systems of health, and In fact, if you look at the chakra system, Mm -hmm. it's essentially the endocrine system, and the endocrine system is what produces hormones. So when I think of the root chakra, I think of the adrenal glands, which produce cortisol. When I think of the sacral chakra, I think of the testes in men and the ovaries in women, which produce testosterone and progesterone, respectively. Then you've got the the solar plexus chakra, which is the pancreas, which produces um, all of the metabolic uh, insulinogenic hormones, so even insulin is produced there, right? And so we we go from there. So essentially, to me, hormones are the if we look at it symbolically, they're divine messengers of interconnecting the body and our our non physical self. You know, they they kind of ride the line between physiological signals and psychological messages. So that's how I see hormones. There's, they're really a body-mind interface.
1: Got it. Love that definition. Now, also, uh, you, you speak about the seven systems of health in your book, right, which are very similar to your description of the chakras. So could we go through them yeah. uh, for the benefit of our listeners? Awesome.
2: Absolutely. I, I did use the chakra system as the overarching template. Uh, mm. But then I started to add to it, and I, I added to it based on – my own experience with people and seeing patterns and also um, just my own intuition you know and so it's it's not straight line to any chakra um, belief system or anything like that. Yeah. but so essentially um, the seven systems, I'm going to work you uh, starting at the the root chakra, which okay. I, I call the root and I call it the root system of health actually. It's a color red. I designate it with the square. And if you think of a square, it's very stable, it's sound, it's safe, it's like a house. And so I'll just briefly tell you the the physiology, psychology, and then food. So the physiology would be things in the body that give us a sense of structure and definition. So everything from our DNA to the protein structures in our body. So our muscles, our skin, our hair, our nails. I mean, essentially, we're like one big walking structure And if we didn't have our structure, we would be jelly, right? we would just be a lot of fluid. So we need the root. I always start with the root. Anytime anybody has any health issue, I always go into the root. And most people, I've surveyed thousands of people now with the questionnaire that I have in the whole detox book. Most people have a root issue. So they have Uh an an issue about their identity. They have issues uh, with their tribe and not feeling supported. That's like one of the biggest things I think of – why people can't sustain health changes is because they don't have an infrastructure for support, Um, stress response, the adrenal glands, the fight or flight, having to survive on the physical sense. So that's the physiology. And then um, I've already been mentioning the psychology. Uh, I'll just bucket it into three things, safety, survival, and tribe. So think of somebody who's overactive or underactive on any of those. And that could tell you about if there's imbalance. Mm -hmm. So, what I did back in 2009 was when I wrote Chakra Foods, I basically was sensing from pattern recognition of seeing people what kinds of foods, what colors of foods might help these individual systems of the body. So for the root, it's all about protein. It's like you got to ground. You've got to feel stable. Sugar is the antithesis of that. That puts you mm. out and dissociates. So you need protein and that levels off. I mean, even scientific Typically, it's leveling your blood sugar. You feel much more steady. You feel in your body. You feel centered and and focused. And Coincidentally, a lot of these red-colored foods, and when I'm talking about red-colored foods, primarily I'm talking about plant-based foods, although we could say red meat. um, These red-colored foods contain phytonutrients that help the different physiological systems and connections into this root system. So when we think of red-colored foods like cranberries and strawberries and red bell peppers and, you know, we go on and on and on, they tend to be high in certain antioxidants that are protective. In fact, we just wrote a blog on red foods in your immune system. There is this connection with these red foods being protective, just like your root is protective. Mm -hmm. so that that's kind of the the color code for the red the root i mean there's a lot more by the way um (laughs) but i'm giving you high level Uh, in fact i'll be teaching a course at the end of january which is 16 weeks where we go deep into one week on the root foods one week on the root supplements because you know if you take a mineral supplement that is essentially for the root chakra right it's it's fortifying your structure Uh, so there's a lot more here but i'm I know we have a limited time, so I'm, I'm really giving broad brush into each of these. Got it.
1: Okay, so, you want to go into
2: the next? Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. If you, if, you, if you could go through all of them, that would be perfect. I wasn't perfectly sure. Please go ahead. <laughs>
2: oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I can't just talk about the root without going out into all the other ones, which <laughs> yeah, are just yeah. as equally beautiful. Okay, the next one is called True. the flow, and it's the color orange. I represent it through a circle. Whereas the root is grounding and it's all about the earth element and it's about the soil of who we are, the flow is about the creative force. It's about reproductive health. It's about the water element, the urinary tract, the colon. It is about water and water is the primary composition of our bodies, right? And so we have to be sure that we're tending to our water and how we flow And so that's what was going on for me with endometriosis is I wasn't flowing. I had a lot of um, feeling stuck, feeling strict, had a a very strict upbringing with especially my my parents' faith and going to Catholic school all my life. My dad was also a police officer, so, you know, restriction, restriction, restriction. So what art had done for me later was it opened me up to my inner flow and got my reproductive organs going as well. What's really neat here when we look at... foods is fats and oils you know what helps us to flow what is in every cell membrane of the body it's fats and oils and so we're only going to flow to the extent that we have the proper ratio of certain fats and oils within our cells it's it's a beautiful way to look at it right and just how these fats help us to flow water is important orange foods orange foods are typically high in beta-carotene. And if we look at some of these carotenoids in foods, these carotenoids are found in the plant kingdom, many different kinds, they seem to be protective against oxidative stress and to help us in reproductive health. For example, for women, when they ovulate every month, beta-carotene, which is that orange compound, converts into retinol, which is vitamin A, and that's part of the genomic process of ovulation. And similarly, carotenoids are important for sperm health and protecting the sperm from any kind of oxidative damage. So I just think it's kind of neat that orange is right there connected into reproductive health. So again, I draw a parallel. If if people are infertile, can't have children for various reasons, I want to ask them not just about what they're eating. I want to ask them, how are you creating in your life? And so many people, it's so shocking to me, but until you start opening up with until I started talking about my own story, other people started coming forward to tell me their stories. There is so much fear around being creative. There is so right. much fear, you know. Um, so that's that's the flow system. Uh, the last uh, one that's in the warming colors is the yellow. Yellow is what I call the fire system of health. It's represented by a triangle. So a triangle mm-hmm. sh- sh- goes upward and out, which is like fire. And so this is all about our digestive system. You know, we would liken it to the solar plexus chakra, which is the small intestine, the stomach, the liver, bile, bile duct, pancreas. That's It's the seat of rotting and ripening in the body. It's the seat of transformation. So I, I have this one yoga book. It's called Yoga for the Digestive Tract. And they talk about the stomach as the altar of our being, which I think, is such a beautiful analogy because even in all kinds of traditions, the altar is this place of transformation where something undergoes a, a change, right? Whether it's fire or through prayer or something, but it, the physical sense of transformation is happening with food as we burn it and break it down with acid and enzymes. But then I also want us to think more metaphorically about are we burnt out in our lives, do we feel powerful or powerless? Do we feel energized or lacking energy? Because this is the place of us that takes things in. And that's why I'm going into hibernation for the month of December because I'm getting my fire. I'm replenishing my fire, right? Because mm-hmm. we we only have so much energy. And so when we've expended that currency, we we feel depressed. Right. Then we feel like we're running out empty. We wake up and we're barely dragging ourselves out of bed. So when we're out of alignment in this system, and by the way, when I did all of the data, when I looked at the data on all the people doing the questionnaires on uh, these seven systems, the fire system is the number one that is out of balance for for people. Eighty percent, eight zero percent of people have an imbalance in their fire system. And if you look at the food connections, this is all about carbohydrates. So what are we so out of alignment with with food? Sugar. (laughs) You know, it's like we're trying to metaphorically get back our fire, our energy, and we're doing that through, through these external sources, like trying to live faster, trying to get more done. And the way that we're trying to do that is with caffeine and with sugar, and sometimes with alcohol. We're modulating our fire with these three things. And as you can tell, it's not working. So we have to come into right relationship with carbohydrate again. And, you know, you look at these dietary trends. I think it's so interesting because now there's this whole thing about ketogenic, like avoiding Mm -hmm, any and all carbohydrates, right? So the way that I look at dietary patterns on a societal level is I look at the metaphor. What's happening? I think so many people are burnt out and they're trying to figure out how how do I bring that back? How do I start to bring back my energy, my mojo? So I'm much more of a spectrum person. I'm not an all or nothing where I say, let's cast out all carbohydrate because – Vegetables are carbohydrate. I would never want us to take out vegetable, but yeah. um, so I talk about healthy carbohydrates. I talk about healthy yellow foods here, and um, allowing us to have sustainable carbohydrates to sustain our energy rather than to give us that quick shot of that injection where we feel the pulse and then all of a sudden it goes away. So that's the fire.
1: Got it. And what what sort of foods are good for uh, the yellow, the fire system?
2: Yeah, so I talk about um, healthy carbohydrates for the individual. So for some people, that might be legumes. It might Mm -hmm. be soluble fiber sources that we find in uh, certain fruits and vegetables. Because soluble fiber is really good for slowing the release of sugar into the bloodstream. Uh, You know, different people react differently to different whole grains. I think about lemons. I think about... um, ginger I think about different spices and this is a warming center of the body and so I also focus on how people cook their foods and believe it or not um, we eat far too many yellow overcooked foods that are unhealthy for us so sometimes it's not even injecting more yellow foods it's taking back and and you know balancing that a little bit with some other colors so in the rainbow diet my next book, which comes out January 1st, 2018, I am talking about things like overcooking foods and how do we come into better relationship with even how we apply heat and fire sure. to, to our foods. So what do you think? Those are the three warming colors. Those are primarily the physical body colors. And as we go up, much like the chakra system, things become a little bit less as grounded in the physical and more in the non-physical. It's
1: amazing. Uh, the fact that you mentioned that we're sort of trying to modulate our fire using external stuff like caffeine, sugar, and, uh, you know, alcohol as well. Whereas what we should be doing is uh, looking in other places like, uh, you know, legumes, whole grains, lemon. Uh, what I'm thinking is also haldi with milk, which is also yellow which, which yeah. I'm guessing is much better as compared to all these other things.
2: Right. And and one of the things that I teach in the Certified Food and Spirit Practitioner Program is that if we have an overactive system, so let's just say that our fire is overactive, we look yeah. to the systems on either side. So in this case, we'd look at our flow. We'd look at orange. We'd look at the fats and okay. oils. And we'd also look at the one on top, which is green, the green system of health, which we're going to talk about now. So the way to create balance in this spectrum is to utilize the other colors to bring into balance the one that's out of balance. So sometimes it's not only just drilling into that one color, trying to make it right sure. with that color. It's you know it's an interconnected web and, and a system on its own. And so we can leverage the other pieces to bring in balance. So green is the next one. And it's called, I call it the love. It's represented by a diamond, and a diamond, if you look at the the top of the diamond, the pointing up, going to spirit, going up and out, and the lower diamond pointing to the body, and so mm. the heart chakra is really a very interesting place. It's a divining rod. It's, it's the place between heaven and earth, metaphorically, and so we meet here, and there is this sense of air the air element we look at the heart and the lungs the breath and bringing in the breath in order to invigorate the blood so there is this sense of again the mystery of of life you know seeing the cardiovascular uh, together with the chi brought in through air of the respiratory system and and looking at the the marriage of the two so we look in that part of the body the chest the breast the arms arms, the hands, the, um, you know, that, that upper body, which gets very tense for many people. Sometimes I can just tell if somebody has an issue by looking at their bodies. And oftentimes mm-hmm. if people have an issue up in their hearts and maybe they're closed down because of lots of heart trauma and pain and grief, they might be a little bit, bit more concave in the front of their body. Their shoulders are kind of slumping down. Um, their back is a little bit more arched. Um, I can also tell by where people put put weight on in their bodies where there could be some sense of imbalance or at least mm-hmm. the energy is is there. So here we have um, compassion. The key word that I associate with the love system is expansion. So we want to expand. We want to open the heart. We want to open the lungs. And there are some f- foods that enable us to do that. In fact, there are copious studies on green leafy vegetables which are high in dietary nitrates and nitrates when they're found in the plant kingdom when we take them in and and digest it can help us produce nitric oxide and nitric oxide is a gas that helps to create an opening in the blood vessels so then we feel relaxed I mean that's really what we want to do the green the green heals the heart And there are even some studies showing that um, being in green light, in my book, Whole Detox, I I spend every chapter going through the color, the color as it connects to the system. So people will see the science, because I looked into the science of orange. I looked into the science of yellow. You know, like, what does it say if we're drawn to a color? Is it telling us something, right? So green is, is symbolic in the plant kingdom. There's you know, if you look at the planet earth, I mean, what are the colors that we see? I mean, green is a huge one. Obviously we're supposed to have lots of green. So that, that is, um, what I consider the, the heart is a healing place. It's to create harmony. It's to create, um, more expansion so that we can give to others, but then also be able to serve ourselves in that process. Got it. Okay. Um, And I know that uh, I'm going to go through the last three a little bit faster. The next one is the truth system, which is represented by the color aquamarine. And it's the star. The star has five points. This is the fifth system. And when I think of a star, I think of a star on the stage, somebody who speaks and illuminates something. And Mm. so, so this is what calls us to speak our truth. And so many people are really struggling with this. You think about the thyroid gland here, the throat, the mouth, the ears, the nose, the cheek. Um, the the teeth and and how we take, it's not just the foods that nourish this place of us because there are certain foods that feed the thyroid gland if we think of sea plants and different nutrients like vitamin A and iodine, but it's also how we take things in and how we give things out. This is what I call the upper birth canal of the body. So for women, we have a lower birth canal Everybody has an upper birth canal, and this births our heart's passions through Mm -hmm. speech, through communication. So when we want to heal the center, we look at what are we saying? And this is why in Whole Detox, we have these truth – I call it the truth system. And so we talk about what is our truth? Are we speaking our truth? What words are we saying? How do we eat? Are we eating fast and on the run? One of the best ways to know how we're living is to look at how we're eating. And so we're mm-hmm. eating in our cars, dashboard dining. So this, Great. This, this is a mindfulness place. This is a place of intention and awareness. The next one is called the insight. It's um, with the eye. And I think of the color indigo here. Everything eye, imagination, intellect, um, insight. And it's symbolized by the spiral shape. So this one is a little bit more organic. It connects into intuition and into the brain. And so the brain is a very complex place to be. Um, we, we look at mood. We look at food and mood associations. I talk about food and mood in the rainbow diet a bit. You know, it's really interesting, but people that eat fruits and vegetables more than people who don't tend to be more creative and curious and have a better sense of well-being and they just have a better mood. And that's always been really intriguing to me in the studies that we can really impact our mood through our food choices. So I do talk about psychoactive foods here, things like chocolate and cocoa and things that are in food and help to change us. I mean, even a cup of green tea has L-theanine in it and L-theanine gives us that sense of restful alertness. So there is something special about how foods impact our moods and even beverages. The last one is called the spirit. It's the color white. And here we talk about the things that are not visible to the eye. So things like the electromagnetic field that all of us have, the energy meridians, the nervous system is visible, but oftentimes it's very fine. You know, we can't see those nerves. We can't see the interconnections. Mm-hmm. Um, I also connect this into light, into the system of light and how we are truly beings. I mean, there's so much right now on blue light and melatonin. We look at the the, the gland here is the pineal gland. Um, and so when I think of this place, I think of cleansing. I think of detox. I think of, of what is our sense of purpose and meaning in life? You know, there's a spiritual sense, something that's high level, but then it's also, how do we let go of the physical in order to recognize more of the spiritual? And so that's why doing a detox, you know, so many people say to me, they say, Deanna, detox, that's such a strange word and I just don't believe in a detox. And I said, Mm. and I say back to them, if you look at the traditions in medicine and in spiritual practices, since humans c- came into being, I mean, look at medicine. We always thought it was something, the ancient Greeks and Romans would apply leeches to the body in order to extract the the humors, or they would bleed people in some way because they felt that there was something unclean in the body. When you mm-hmm. look at spiritual and religious practices, Native Americans using a sweat lodge, the, the um, you know, you go into the darkness, you sweat, or even within the Catholic faith that I grew up in, you go to the priest to tell your sins. There's incense, There's there are candles, the Hindu tradition, same thing, all the different gods and goddesses to help you to, to really work with, whether it's Shiva and destroying and transforming. I mean, the, we are wired to be cleansing uh, who we are physically. The body is a temple. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of, uh, you know, whether different practices bring this to light enough. But this is really mm-hmm. what this is about. So I think of white foods. I think of detoxifying foods. I used to think that white foods were for us, and there are some of them that make us more toxic. <laughs> mm-hmm. White sugar, flour, white salt, and, yeah. you know, all of that. But then there are also very healing white foods as well, um, whether it's garlic and sesame seeds that have been hulled or um, cauliflower and coconut, a lot of these things that are currently used in detoxes. And during these days of the whole detox program, we usually go a little bit lighter on calories. We don't bring in as much energy calorie-wise so that we can focus on our inner energy in our subtle body. So there you have it. We've gone through the colors and the seven systems.
1: Wow. So There you go, Action Tribe. That was a lot of information, but so useful information. And if that was a lot for you, then you can always go back and rewind and play it once again. But it's very actionable, you know. And of course, you can expect a lot more if you read uh, her book, The Whole Detox. But uh, Deanna, could you talk to us about your upcoming book, The Rainbow Diet, which is coming in Jan 2018, how? Dif- what's the difference between what you share in the whole detox and what is what are you going to talk about in this next book?
2: In the next book, I talk about supplements um, and combine that with food. And so, I don't talk about supplements really at all in whole detox, but in the Rainbow Diet, I bring together the food and the supplements. How do you combine them both for a radiant approach to health? And it's really, even though I call it the Rainbow Diet, it's not a diet book in the true sense of something temporary. It's more about redefining your relationship with food, and, and really the energy of who you are, really embracing that full spe- spectrum. So it, mm-hmm. it's a very practical book as well. The whole detox book is a 21-day program. So that is right. giving you the actual program. The Rainbow Diet tours you through each of the systems. It'll ask you some questions about your own system. You'll get to do the questionnaire the book you'll understand a little bit more about your own system and then you'll be guided to the foods that you would need and what are some supplements and i i actually worked in the supplement industry for 10 years and i have found that so many people don't know much about supplements and how to use them together with food so yeah i talk about the energetics of of the variety of different dietary supplements in the rainbow diet
1: wonderful i'm really excited for its launch Uh, Now, I want to talk about another topic uh, right now, something that a theme that I've noticed in our Facebook group, because we have a day where people can request healing, energy healing. And a lot of people, uh, I noticed that we're we're talking about friends or family members who have cancer of some form. So I want to speak about cancer. Now, I know there are different types of cancer, but over the years, have you seen any correlation between cancer and the type of food, uh, the color of food that we eat?
2: And the colors of food you said, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, using nutrition to (laughs) to cure cancer or to overcome cancer. Uh,
2: Well, it's very well known that fruits and vegetables reduce the risk of chronic diseases. In fact, it's the one thing in literature that I feel like is sound. I mean, we really can't debunk that. And if you look at the chronic diseases that are listed as part of that, it's everything from cardiovascular disease to cancer. And I would say that, I mean, goodness, the American Cancer Society talks about they've talked about for years, eating more fruits and vegetables, right? This is well known that we need to protect ourselves from the environmental toxins with the help of these fruits and vegetables. I really feel like they're there to help us. So yeah, I mean, eating brown, yellow, and white foods on a repeat basis, brown, yellow, and white Fried foods that are processed um, can definitely add to a more carcinogenic or a more cancer prone type of physiology, right? I mean, just sugar in general changing the immune system. A lot of the darker cooked fried products contain carcinogens, things like mm. hypercyclic amines, these are called. There are lots of sciencey names for them. But essentially anytime that you you fry foods or you make foods brown in color because of cooking, you're creating a lot of these oxidative byproducts. And in a normal body, in a healthy body, we can clean those things up. But just imagine all the things that we have in our environment that we have to defend against. There are a lot of things barraging us, everything from heavy metals to plastics to, goodness, pesticides, insecticides, and herbicides. So, you know, I I did um, work with a cancer retreat center for five years. And one of the things that I noticed was… Some people can do really well with their food, and I think you want to start there and do your best. But we have to take care of the whole self. We have to nourish every part of us. We have to tend to our emotions. Uh, we have to tend to our thoughts because it's it's part of it. And we can have people who eat a really healthy diet, but then they have lots of negative thinking. And we know that pessimism, social isolation, anger, hostility, and even um, emotional... Re- repression can lead to all kinds of inflammation and one of the the mechanisms of cancer is inflammation so we can't I mean, food is a great place to start it's our bedrock it's our foundation it's our root but you know what we've got to look at so many other things and what i would say too is being that we're learning more about genes it makes so much sense to get your your genes typed figure out what you've got going on there because there can be certain nutrients and certain supplements you can take to override the inefficiency of a certain gene variant.
1: So when you say that, are you referring to the gene test that companies like Ancestry.com and some of them do? or?
2: Well, Ancestry.com, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'm thinking like 23andMe. So 23andMe, 23andMe. Does, okay. does, you know, hundreds if not millions of different gene variants but then you have to work with a practitioner who understands this gobbledygook, because it's a lot of code, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and 23andMe doesn't give you a lot of the interpretation anymore. So mm-hmm. what you have to do is you take your file, which you would own through 23andMe, and then you you have to run it through other programs and work with a functional medicine or integrative health practitioner Or even a medical geneticist, there are various companies now that do this kind of work that can sit down with you. Uh, There's a nice website called Nutra Hacker, Nutra N U T R A Hacker. You know, you put in your 23andMe data and they'll give you some sense of certain things to eat and some things not to eat. Mm. But it's not a complete pick. I mean, really and truly, you've got to work. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is, we're talking your genes and your genes are interacting every day. So if you've got the wrong. You know, if you're interpreting something incorrectly, it can really take you down a different path. So, you want to work with somebody who's really skilled in that.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe is the age of the Aquarius. It's all about data, it's about, all about insights, it's all about personalization. And that's what's happening with technology. Uh, and that's uh, as somebody in this space, a thought leader, Deanna, is sharing this amazing information with us. Uh, to access the show notes for today's episode to read the inspirational quote the book recommendations and other nuggets go to my 7 forward slash 244 that's my 7 forward slash 244 and so far i hope our session so far has made you think about certain aspects of your life and has given you a new hope for change because change is always there. You just have to decide. And the more that I experience life, the more I realize that the key to attracting things and experiences into your life is to realize that you have more than you need right now. You see, the universe doesn't communicate using language. It's all about the emotions, the thoughts and the intentions. The more desperately you look for goals, the more harder it becomes. To really attract them, right? It's like two magnets of the same pole. But the uh, the, on the other hand, the more grateful you are with what you have, the more you focus on the process rather than the outcome. The more you focus on service rather than wanting, the universe automatically sees you as a conduit to getting things done on Earth. It begins trusting you with priceless experiences, memories, and resources. And that's when you become who you were meant to be. And just like Lao Tzu said thousands of years back, be Content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are when you realize there is nothing lacking. The whole world belongs to you. So Deanna, what is your life purpose as on today?
2: My life purpose is um, to help others to be on path to being healthier and happier and to serve them in that way. Through information and inspiration, I would say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for sharing. And with that, we've arrived at the last round for today, which is called the wisdom round. Just like we had in our previous episode, but it's been a while, so we'll try it out once again. So Diana, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you?
2: Okay. I think it's my dad and my mom have both said this to me. Um, they have told me not to care so much what other people think about me. And I really like that. Um, not that we have to be inconsiderate, but that we shouldn't have to focus so much on external validation. So, you know, be live your authentic life.
1: Name one personal habit that keeps you strong and keeps you going.
2: Stillness and silence, having some alone time.
1: Got it. And uh, what is your morning routine like these days? Do you have a morning <laughs> routine?
2: You know, I, I am a person that's all about shaking up routine because I feel like we get into ruts and we do the same thing every day. And so my morning routine is to not have a routine. I do, mm. I wake up at different times every day. I work from home. I create my own schedule so I can do that. But um, I eat different things every morning. I, sometimes I'll have fish, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I I do, I am like, A Dismantler of Routine is kind of where I'm at with that one.
1: Got it. (laughs) Try something else out every day. Break your routine. Great. So name one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today.
2: Okay. Um, You know what? I don't read very often anymore except for, um, you know, I've stopped reading books and started to go within a little bit more. But I'll just tell you one book that I think is so just amazing and I've read it years ago. It's by Paramahansa Yogananda and it's called Autobiography of a Yogi. That book really changed my life. Um, I read that about 15 years ago and I probably would be up for reading it again if I go on vacation anytime soon.
1: Wonderful. So Action Tribe, if you want this book for free... That means you don't have to read the book, but if you want to start listening to the book, then listeners of the show have that opportunity because audible.com is offering our tribe, our group, one free audiobook download ah. with a free 30-day trial, so that you can get to check out their you service. You should do now. that.
2: Oh, that's great! <laughs> do autobiography <laughs> and, of a yogi for sure.
1: And I checked; they do have autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda, as well as other books like the Chakra System by Anadia Judith and A New Earth by Eckhart totally to download your free audiobook today go to my 7 forward slash free book once again that's my 7 forward slash free book and just like this podcast you can start listening to that amazing book that Deanna recommends so Diana, thank you so much for joining us today once again uh, before you go tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online
2: um, I'm grateful for my eyesight for my health you know, this is something I'm, I'm very privileged to, to have. And, uh, so many things I'd be grateful for, but I'll just say that one. As far as how to find me, uh, you can go to my main website, which is DeannaMinick.com d-e-a-n-n-a-m-i-n-i-c-h and I hope to have some of you in the Rainbow Foods and Supplements course that I'm doing starting the the end of January it's going to be pretty awesome in fact that's what I'm doing within December is collecting a lot of the articles getting it all together and it's really fascinating to see all these different connections that are being made so yeah please join me on Facebook too on my Deanna Minnick PhD page thanks so much
1: We'll definitely have these links up in the show notes. And it's funny that you said that you are grateful for your eyesight because just the last guest that I interviewed uh, is an authority on LASIK and other <sighs> advanced vision correctional procedures. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the things There's that you could have said. like
2: your eyes. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: oh. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the Whole Detox and the Rainbow Diet book which is going to come soon in January 2018. Can people pre-order this book?
2: Yes, they can. It's on Amazon.
1: Awesome. So there you go, Action Try Pre-order the book. You're going to get a better prize. And of course, you're going to get the book before anyone else does. Thanks a lot for taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
2: Thank you.
0: You're listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my dot chakrascom Download your free gift Get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.